From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name is Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, we've just heard that the Reserve Bank has again lifted interest rates the 10th consecutive month it's done so. So that will obviously be very bad news for mortgage holders. With all the pressure on people in terms of cost of living at the moment, how has the government responded to it and how is it handling the heat on the issue? Well, we did get an immediate reaction from the government, Amanda, because, of course, this came in the middle of question time in the parliament and Jim Chalmers uh, immediately gave a response and he acknowledged that the hardship that many people are facing would be um, continuing and indeed uh, it's increasing for so many families. He said the government's job was to take responsibility for what it could influence and of course it can't influence overseas factors like the pressures from the Ukraine war. But he said that the government had a three-point strategy its cost of living relief, and he rehearsed again the measures on childcare, on making medicines cheaper, on um, building affordable housing and the like. The second part of this plan was repairing supply chains, which of course have contributed to inflation and a shortage of products and materials. And the third part was restraint on the budget. And of course, we've seen the uh, measure on superannuation, not that that helps the budget in the short term, but will in the longer term after the next election. But also, I think we'll see tightening in a number of spending areas. So in general, the government really can't do all that much in this situation, but what it can do, it's making sure that people are aware of. One piece of good news among the bad news of this interest rate rise is in the statement from the Reserve Bank, while it says that the bank board expects a further tightening of monetary policy will be needed, it seems to be implying that we're getting near the end of the tightening. You'll remember last time there was an interest rate rise, a month ago, the bank indicated that rises, plural, were going to come. Now it's, I think, suggesting that maybe just one more rise. We can only hope, Michelle. So on superannuation, the government's proposed changes to the tax rate for super accounts that are over $3 million has been hotly debated in some circles. But last Sunday's news poll had some good news for it, didn't it? That's right. The change had overwhelming support in news poll and 50% support in the essential poll, which came out today. It shows that people are not responding to the opposition's scare campaign and that they recognise the measure as a, a fair one. And that's not good news for Peter Dutton as he goes into the Aston by-election where he's really hoped to make a meal out of this superannuation change. But the government knows that it's important not to 
press its luck on this whole issue of broken promises. Before the election, Anthony Albanese said there was no intention to change super. And of course, we've seen a change. But the government says, well, it's not really a broken promise because the change won't come into effect until after the election. Now, I think that they've got a get out of jail card in this case, but the Prime Minister is pretty aware he's got to be careful. All right, and Michelle, on to another topic. Prime Minister heads to India tomorrow and there is much to talk about, including Australia's prospects in the fourth cricket test. But I presume he's got some other issues at the top of his mind as well. What are those? It's seen as an important visit. The government is anxious to deepen the relationship with India. There'll be, uh, I think, a lot of talk about uh, the general strategic situation in the Indo-Pacific area and the implications of the increasing assertiveness of China, although, of course, Australia's relationship with China has improved somewhat in in the last few months. But nevertheless, the Indo-Pacific area is uh, an area now of instability and great power rivalry and that's a worry for Australia and other countries as well. Also there'll be a lot of discussion on the economic front. The Prime Minister is being accompanied by a trade delegation and so there'll be uh, on the ground uh, work to try and deepen the trade relationship. Australia wants particularly to diversify its markets given the developments of the last few years. We want to become less dependent on the China market for our exports, even though China is now starting to to relax some of the restrictions on Australian trade. But India is obviously a very important potential growing market with its big middle class. And also there'll be talk on the education front too as part of uh, economic ties because we get a lot of students from India and now that the pandemic has receded, we'll want to expand that education export market as well. But also on the lighter and brighter, but very important to many people side, the Prime Minister, both Prime Ministers will be appearing at that vital fourth cricket test match and uh, there'll be a good deal of hoopla before the match starts. They'll watch a bit of the cricket, but uh, they'll also want a good deal of attention on themselves. And this match does provide an opportunity for Australia to draw the series, which of course it can't win, but a draw would at least be good. It would indeed. And finally, Michelle, the dispute over working hours between independent MP Monique Ryan and her staffer Sally Rugg has yet to be resolved. And today there was a hearing in the federal court over whether Rugg could continue to work in Ryan's office. What was the finding there? Well, the decision by the judge was that Sally Rugg can't continue to work in the office. She resigned briefly some while ago, but then she said she'd been under pressure to resign. So she continued on the staff. She's been paid while this has all been going on. But now the judge said that this situation of her continuing to work in the office, which Sally Rugg wanted to do, was 
unworkable because of the relationship between the uh, pair of them. And I think that that really is uh, an understatement that it was not going to be workable. But the important thing is that the case itself, the substance of the case, whether uh, Rugg was forced to work unreasonable hours is ongoing and the outcome of that case will not just be important for Monique Ryan and Sally Rugg but will be important for its wider implications for the working hours of ministerial staff which are often incredibly long and demanding and also perhaps for hours in other areas as well. So it's certainly a a case to watch, but it's been a a pretty dramatic falling out between a a politician and a, a staffer. All right, Michelle, terrific to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.